Thomas. Uh, that, that you would fill us and cover us and soak us and saturate us and overcome us and overwhelm us and, 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 and just keep us in a constant place of amazement. So just right now, we open up to you and we say even on a Sunday morning, you can just come and rest on us and touch us and move us and do whatever you want to do. You can even wreck us on a Sunday morning if you want to. You can even make us silly on Sunday. See, he's even that big. He's even that big that he can do it to you on a Sunday morning. Some of you don't look like you believe me. Oh, <laughs> just about, just about probably the first three or four rows past the fire out there. Just, just, just get them, just fall on them, just fall on them. He's even big enough to do it past the fire aisle. Oh, there you go. There you go. Oh. Some of you looking at me like, what's he doing? <laughs> Just waiting. Oh. Oh. I don't fix, I don't fix what's wrong with you. That'll do some of you better than a good shot of prune juice would. wrap the New Testament, you can wrap the New Covenant up in one verse. Oh. And you just need to take a drink of this verse. 3 John 2. The Apostle Paul said this, Beloved above all things. What does all things mean? Above all things. That means above, God just wanting you to be a good little Christian. Above, God just wanting you to live this, a good moral life. Loving your neighbors and all that good stuff. Above all things. My greatest desire for my children is for them to prosper. 
and to be in health, even as their soul, their mind, their will, and their emotions prosper. God has a dream for humanity. His greatest, his greatest, his greatest desire after he wins you, after he claims you, after he lays claim to you and he has your heart, his greatest desire for you becomes for you to prosper and to be in health even as your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions come in line with heaven. You could just take a big drink of that right there. God's highest wish for you, God's greatest desire for you, is greater than your greatest wish or desire or dream for yourself. Now the problem is, the problem is, the problem is, is we live on an orphan planet. And the problem is, God's people can read that promise and we get excited about it and, 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 and maybe even press into it for a little while. And then we look around at this orphan planet and we look around and we, we say, okay, I see all these things that He has promised in the Word, but where is it in my life? If He said that His greatest desire for me to, was to prosper, why can't I pay my rent? Why can't, why can't, why is my phone always getting cut off? Or, or, or maybe you're living on a little bit higher level of that. And, and, and if, if, if God's greatest desire for me is to prosper, why can't I, I pay for my kids' education? Why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? And if His greatest desire is for me to be in health, why is it always such a struggle sometimes to find healing? And why doesn't it work all the time if He said that this is the greatest thing He has for us? And so the very people, the very people that, 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 that His handed upon to show the world what it looks like to be a son or a daughter of the King still lives in orphanhood. This thing about the lack of provision is, I'm, I am convinced, I am convinced it is what has released the orphan spirit into the world. And if we are going to be an apostolic people, if we are going to be a people who mother and father the nations of the earth, we have to find the answers. We have to find, we have to find, we have to find how we connect to heaven in that flow of perfect provision and perfect healing and living in perfect peace in our mind, our will, and our emotions. Provision defeats the orphan spirit every single time. I guarantee you, if you ask the Sozo people around here and they're dealing with people that have an orphan spirit, it came from some place in them where they felt a need was not met. But yet we get up and we sing... He shall supply all my needs. Am I telling the truth? When we find the answers, when we find the answers, when we break through, When we break through into that place, we just read Psalm 67. When we break through into that place where we see He is gracious to us and He blesses us. That He causes His face to shine on us so that the earth can know His ways and all the nations His saving power. That's where we're going.
<laughs> Take a drink right now. Drunk people believe stuff. <laughs> Drunk people will believe anything you tell them. And you need to believe some stuff this morning. You can tell a drunk person, sure, you can jump off that roof. It won't hurt you. <laughs> Lack of provision is a curse. Poverty is a curse. It's a good thing we have the antidote. Let me read you something. Turn to the book of Galatians. Here's, here's, here's the thing about how the kingdom works. The Bible teaches us that when, when, when God reconciled himself to us through Jesus... He not only reconciled the people, it actually says he reconciled the cosmos. The word there, the word there that through Jesus, he actually reconciled the cosmos to himself. So there, in, in the sacrifice of Jesus, there is nothing that has been created that was not redeemed back to the Father. But you have to understand, you have to actually understand how some things work. This is actually a spiritual battle. Now, you only have a defeated foe. Do you understand that? But you still have a foe. Sometimes someone can be defeated and they don't even know it yet. You read these stories that after World War II, that, that years after the war ended, people would go to these small islands in the South Pacific and they would encounter these Japanese soldiers who didn't even know the war was over. They had been living by themselves in isolation. I think the, it was 10 years after the war, they were still finding people like this that when they found them, they would attack them thinking that the war was still going on. Their kingdom had been defeated 10 years before. But when you tried to go on, when you tried to step onto that land, there was still warfare because it had not been yielded. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
That island belonged to a different kingdom, but there was an occupier who didn't even know that they were defeated. And if you stepped onto that shore, you were going to be attacked. Many times their guns had broken years before and they were wearing rags, but they would attack you with a stick. Honey, the devil will take you out with a hangnail if he can. And the same thing works in the Spirit. In the book of, of Deuteronomy, I think it's Deuteronomy 27, it says when you come into the land, you are to possess it and drive out all of the squatters. And there are so many areas in our lives that are occupied by squatters. Ones who do not have legal right to that land. It has been redeemed back to the Father. All of creation is back into His hands, but it is occupied by an enemy force that doesn't even have the proper weapons to fight you. But if you let them, they'll kill you with a pointy stick. Don't look at the cute baby, look at me. I'm bald too. Actually, he has more hair than I do. <laughs> the children of Israel, when they went into the promised land, they had to drive them out. Who did the land belong to? It belonged to them through a promise. It belonged to them through words that become worlds. And every promise that God gives us, it belongs to us first just in the realm of a... Now, if all you ever do is read the words of that promise and then wonder why it doesn't happen, you shouldn't be too surprised. Because there's actually territory that you actually have to step into and begin to take. And it actually requires you coming up against some things. Moses stood before Pharaoh... And three different times, Pharaoh told him, you can go except you can't do this. Remember that? You can go. I'll let you go free, but. The last but was you can go, but you can't take your cattle. You can go, but your wealth stays here with me. What if the last breakthrough, what if the last breakthrough, see, the first, you know, one of the ones is you can go, but you can't take your kids. You can go, but you have to go worship this way. He tried first to keep them in the religious spirit. You can go free, but. You can't have an intimate, you, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't come before your God the way that, that, that he's calling you to come before him. Okay, that didn't work. You can go, but your kids stay here. See, we've defeated those two things. We know how to get our kids to walk with God now. We know how to see families come to Jesus. How many of you have seen great revival in your families? Great revival in your families. How many of you, most of your, most of your kids are already walking with God. What if, what if the last, what if the last breakthrough is you can go, but you can't take your cattle with you? What if the last thing, the last thing holding us back from stepping into the land of promise is you can go, but your livelihood stays behind. 
You can go, you can go, you can go dance, you can go shout, you can go hikamosha and laugh and roll in the floor, but you can't go with any money. You can't go, not just with money, but with, with cattle, reproducing assets. Do you understand? Cattle to many cultures of the world, livestock to many cultures of the world is reproducing wealth. You can go, but you can't, you just can't have that. Are you bored? The book of Galatians, listen to me. The book of Galatians is a starting point of us taking our cows with us. Because it simply says this. Christ, Christos. The anointed one in his anointing has set you free from the curse of the law. Because cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. And then he gives you one of the reasons. You know, there's only a handful of places in the New Testament where it tells you actually why Jesus did what he did. And those are some really important things. When God says he did that because of this... How many of you think that's an important thing to know? He redeemed you from the curse of the law so that the blessing of Abraham could come upon those that believe. And so that the promise of Holy Spirit could come to you by faith. See, that's a whole country laid out in front of us. And the passport to get to it is faith and believing. You will never have what you don't use your faith to get. It can be written in this book in a hundred different places, but you will never have what you don't use your faith to access. And so there is this thing, there is this substance for new covenant believers called the blessing of Abraham. And very few people have it actually resting and at work in their lives. Because they have not went after it through faith. Now, blessing, blessing, blessing is a really important word to me. The, the <laughs> blessing was understood by, by, by the Jewish people to actually be a substance, to be a thing. It wasn't all, God, God bless me. It, 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 it wasn't what we think it is. You know, it wasn't, if you ask someone how they're doing, how are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. Really? Would you tell your life? <laughs> See, blessing is a real thing, and we have to come to an understanding of this. It has to become something desirous to us that we are willing to go after. See, blessing is so important that Jacob wrestled with an angel and wouldn't stop until he gave him that substance. He was wounded and would not stop. 
What if God sent an angel to kick you and break your bone? Would you have the backbone to say, that's, that's fine. Kick the other side if you want to, but I'm here for something. We can, we can do this all night long. But I'm not going to quit until I get something. See, blessing, and they understood it, and it was so important to them that, 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 that Isaac's mom and Isaac conspired to lie to get something. No. I skipped one. Yeah. Do you understand that became so important? They conspired together to get something, to cheat Esau out of something because it was something once it was given, he couldn't take it back. Have you ever thought about that? When he figured out, well, you're the wrong kid. If it was just a word, he could have said, I ain't giving that to you. I'm giving it to your older brother, the one who it actually belongs to. See, it was important enough for them to scheme and lie to get it. But it's not been important enough to us for us just to believe God and walk the floors to get it. Blessings are anointings. They are specific anointings. They are specific graces that bring about expected results. And trust me, you want the results of this blessing of Abraham thing on your life. Think about it. Think about it. What, what, what would that even look like? I'm going to talk to you for a little while about what that will look like. Because if you'll believe God for it this morning, if you will pull on heaven for it this morning, I believe that the blessing of Abraham, that the seeds of that thing are going to be implanted into your life this morning. This is something I've released in many, many countries, but there's only been a very, very handful of places that God's let me release this to you in America. Jim sent me a text message this morning demanding. He told me that he would hurt me. <laughs> Let's talk about let's talk about what this looks like. Here's Abraham in a country worshiping a sun god. No knowledge of Jehovah. Lived among a people with no knowledge of Jehovah. And a God that he does not know speaks to him and tells him to go. He worships this other God. And this voice comes to him and says, go. Leave all your family. Leave all your people. You're going to go to a place I'm not even going to tell you where you're going. But God had put something on him that he instantly recognized. I've worshipped this God all my life, but this voice I heard right here, this is God. God had put something on him that, that instructions that weren't even really instructions that made no sense that caused him to leave everything that was familiar to him that caused him to leave his livelihood and his family behind. He heard this God he did not know and he went. Many believers, God can tell them something for 15 years and they're Still getting around to doing it. 
So the first thing in this blessing of Abraham is a recognition of the voice of God, even though it's contrary to every picture you have of him. The ability to be able to hear him and to instantly obey things that no, make no sense to your mind. Think that, things that make no sense to your logic. Just the ability to recognize the voice of the real God and to instantly obey. That sounds pretty good to me. As he's going, these, these foreign kings come. He's camped out somewhere and these foreign kings come. And they sack the cities around Abraham and they make off with all their stuff. And they're going by Abraham's place so they take all of his stuff with them. So here he is in the middle of a war that's not even his. He's not a part of it. And he loses all of his stuff in the process. How many of you have lost a lot of things in a war that wasn't even your own? I mean, care less the, the, the weapons that were aimed towards you. We lose our stuff just in collateral damage a lot of times. How many of you are tired of that? Some of you have built things up and built things up in your life over and over again and just watch it crumble and take, be taken away from you. How many of you have had a repetitive thing in your life where you finally start to, you, you, you feel like you're making it, you feel like you're getting free, you feel like you have a reserve, you feel like that, 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 that finally, finally I've got the foundations built around this thing and then the next thing you know that's wiped out and you're starting all over again. I've watched people that over and over and over again in their lives, that's happened to them. It happens it's, it's through my family lineage that's happened. We were on the wrong side of every war in history. I mean, we were rooting for the British in the Revolutionary War. The wrong side in the Civil War throughout history, over and over and over again, my family would amass wealth and a war would come and it would be taken away. Collateral damage. His stuff was taken away, but there was this thing that was on him that made him say, you know what? I'm going to take the old men that they left in my household and I'm going to strap a sword to their side. Do you understand he took his servants, his personal household servants, and went and pursued kings and armies? Here's the thing. There was something on him that when they called up to him, they defeated them and took the wealth of, of ten cities. One man took his household servants and got all the, the riches in Columbus and Cleveland and Akron and Cincinnati and, and, and Pittsburgh. Can you imagine just what the plunder from the city of Columbus would look like if you heaped it up in a pile? How much gold is hidden in people's houses in the city? How much silver is hidden in people's houses? How much art is hidden in people's houses around the city? And it had been plundered. He took the plunder of, of cities and kings with the dudes that made his breakfast. With the dudes that, that put his tent up. He defeated kingdoms with nobodies. And he took the plunder of kingdoms with nobodies. I don't even know how they carried it back. 
But here's another thing. There was something on him that when they got back, the kings of those cities said, hey, we're going to give you a lot of this stuff. There was a blessing on him that told him when to say no. Now, if a king is, is handing you half the plunder from a city, could you refuse it? Just so you could say, I'm only going to receive what God gives me. No, 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 no. We would be, I know God's given me that. Some of you, some of you, you know, they ring your bill up wrong at a restaurant and you say, Woo, look what the Lord has done instead of going and telling them, no, you didn't charge me for this. Some of us might even, some of us might even watch someone drop their wallet and say, Jehovah Jireh. There was something on him. There was something on him that during all of this battle and with these kings and all of this was going on in the midst of, of this fight, in the midst of this conflict, there was something on him that drew this being from wherever he was. This being that we have no idea who or what he is. There's this being in the Bible called Melchizedek. And Jesus is actually a priest in the order of Melchizedek. Jesus believe, belongs to the Melchizedek priesthood. Melchizedek doesn't even belong to the Jesus priesthood. How mysterious. You understand there's this mysterious being. And, 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 and there was something on Abraham that brought him out of hiding. And it says that Abraham saw him and he took out a tenth of all of that wealth. Because he, he had no idea who this being was, but I can see him. I can see him watching him come towards him and saying, dear God, there is another realm on him. That there is another world on him. And there was something on Abraham that allowed him to recognize that and allowed him to have the proper response that he took a tenth and laid it at his feet. And God liked that idea a lot. That we're still fighting about the tenth. See, I don't, believe in, I don't believe in law tithing whatsoever. But I know there's something on the 10th. The world knows there's something on the 10th. John Lennon and Yoko Ono tithed. They gave a 10th of everything that ever came into them away to charities. The world, the universe understands that there is something of another world on the 10th part. Some of my favorite words in the Bible, and it says Melchizedek took out the bread, and he took out the wine, and he blessed him. So that blessing that was already on Abraham just got an upgrade. Don't that just feel good? See, there was something, there's something, there's something in this blessing that just continually draws things from another world into your life. Because Abraham, oh, this one gets me, was just sitting uh, outside the door of his tent one day because it was hot. And he looked up on a hillside and there were three standing there. 
He is the only recorded human being in history that the three came to his house. Do you hear me? Even at the baptism of Jesus, you only saw two and heard from one. But there was something in that blessing that the Father had put on him that drew the three out of heaven to show up his house for dinner. I don't know if that does to you what that does to me. He saw them coming and he said, Hey, go get some water. And he was, listen, listen, listen. This, this might be the most important part of the blessing. As they sit there with him, he first brought them water and he kept upping the ante to get them to stay. There was that blessing that was on him, gave him the wisdom enough to know that when the presence is there, you entertain the presence to get him to linger as long as you can get him to stay. First was get some water, then get some bread, then bring out some cheese. No, 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 go, go kill a calf. It's going to take a long time to kill him and to, and, and, and to butcher him and to cook him up. I can get him to stay a little while longer. Does that do to you what that does to me? See, many are looking like, wow, he's talking a long time. We need to go already. See, there's something in this blessing that gives you the wisdom that was on Joshua, that, that, that Moses would go in and out of the tent, but Joshua wasn't even supposed to be in there, but he lingered. Do you understand? The fire cloud wasn't even still in the tent. He just wanted to be where it had even been. He would find the place where there was even a residue of the glory of God and he would just linger. See, this comes on you. You'll quit moving on and you'll linger. The three, the three... The three came to his house. There was something, there was something on him that caused him to believe what the three said when every single circumstance was against it. And there was something on him that when his wife laughed and mocked the three, do you get that? The three declared a thing. Sarah laughed at them, mocked them, and then lied to them. They said, you laughed. No, I didn't. There was something on him that protected the unbelief of those around him. Because you come over to the New Testament. I read it out loud last night. Most of the book of, of Hebrews 11. And this is what Hebrews 11 said about Sarah. After she laughed in his face and lied to him. It says, Sarah believed God. Have you ever wondered about that? Because you could go back and read the story and go, excuse me God. No, she didn't. But because of what God had placed on Abraham, God says, yes, she did. I wrote it down. Oh. 
See, there's something in this blessing. There's something in this blessing that will change your history. There's something in this blessing that will even change your history. There's something in this blessing that, 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 that when you're around it, that, 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 that what really happened can't even be remembered. I needed that on my life. I don't know about you. You're probably way better than me. I still need that on my life half the time. There's something in this, in, in this, there's something in this blessing that will lift you up to a place of authority and intercession that you can change God's mind. There's something in this blessing that carries with it a grace for the ultimate co-laboring. That God goes with your idea sometimes. The three said, well, we're getting ready to do some stuff. Abraham talked him out of it. Let me rephrase that. He almost talked him out of it. The judgment was decreed and Abraham said, no, 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 no. I don't even really know you yet and I can tell you're too righteous. You're pretty new to me, but I'm looking at you and I can just tell you are way too good and righteous to wipe out that city. And he began to reason with them. You know the story. Everyone knows the story. Well, if you can find 50 or if you can find 10. To see, the problem was Abraham stopped. Abraham knew that there were at least two righteous in the city. He knew Lot and Lot's wife was in the city. If Abraham could have kept going, the story would have had a different outcome. When this thing comes on you, when this thing comes on you, it brings with it a responsibility to stand in between the actions of people and the holiness of God. It brings with it a responsibility to stand before heaven and declare the righteousness and the goodness of God over cities. That's kind of a big deal. What would you do? What would you do with authority and intercession like that? See, you carry that. You can't pray for my four no more. You carry that. You just can't pray for my four no more anymore. See, you carry, you, carry, you carry a blessing like that on you and you don't take responsibility for your camp. You take responsibility for regions and areas and nations. You carry a blessing like that and, 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 and the world no longer ends at your clan. This blessing comes on you and it carries with it a descriptor like God said over Abraham. It says, And God made Abraham rich and very rich. I don't think there's any lack in that. I think rich and very rich, 
I mean, rich is a pretty good adjective. I mean, what does it have to look like to be rich and very rich? See, you see this one. You see this one all throughout Scripture. Remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the ability, the anointing to create wealth. See, you see it over here that, 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 that He delights over the prosperity of His people. You see it over here that, 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 that the blessing of the Lord makes rich. And he adds no sorrow to it. See, it's, it's a substance. It's a something. It's not an idea that you get out of a book. It's something that comes on you. That, 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 that this ability begins to attract opportunity. It begins to attract resources. It begins to attract People, people saying yes to you. It begins to attract favor. It begins to go to work in your life and overturn the system that you have been laboring under up until that point. See, there's a level of living where you sow and you don't even reap because it all falls apart. That's called curse. And then there's another level where you sow and you actually get to eat the fruit that you pick. And that's called natural labor. But then there's a level called the blessing where you sow and then you eat what everyone else sowed. And that leads into the level of inheritance where people just line up to give you what they've labored for all their lives. See, wealthy people don't pay for anything. You ever notice that? You go, you go into an establishment you know, that operates on a poor level, they'll charge you for the ice cubes. You go into an establishment that operates on this level way up here and everything is complimentary. In the cattle cars in the back of the plane, you pay for your peanuts. In first class, the champagne is free. See, there are these barriers that have been placed around your life and you've believed them that, that, that came down from Ma and Paul or it came from whatever bad happened to you in your childhood or there, there's something built this boundary around your life. But he conquered this great big place called the promised land and he's saying, why don't you just step over here and take it? Let me put on you what I put on my servant Abraham because you're actually his child. I actually grafted you into him. The second you believed me, you became just like him. But you don't have what he has because you've not believed me for it. Because I said it comes on those who believe. And the promise of the Spirit comes on those through faith. And so it's something we have to connect and ask God for and contend until it comes on us. It's not automatic. It's not automatic. It's not automatic. We go after it. And it, when we're ignorant of it, we don't go after what we're ignorant of. And so this morning, this morning, this morning, we're, Jim's going to take it here for a few seconds, but then really simply, we're, you're just going to walk by because when I release this, he just has me put my hands on people and declare over you the blessing of Abraham. And if you will believe him for it, the seeds of that anointing will be deposited in you. And if you were, if you will water that garden and you will walk the floor and if you will believe God for it, the thing will begin to grow in your life. And you can begin to read yourself this man's life story and say, I think I'll have some of that. I think I'll take some of that right there, please, God.
Just stand, uh, just put your hand on your belly. I know you're hungry. You can go to Applebee's in a minute. Maybe you'll only come on those who will linger. We believe your word, Father. We believe your word, and you're serious about that. You're so serious about this thing, you, you, you grafted us in to be the children of Abraham. You, you, you care about this thing so much, you put an entire chapter in the book of Galatians telling us how to get there. How this thing only comes through faith. And not by any kind of Old Testament or Christian law that we can do. This is a faith thing. And so, Father, we set our hearts right now to believe you. And we make a declaration that the curse of lack and poverty is broken once and for all off of our lives because Jesus already broke it, but it just hasn't listened to that yet. So we tell it today, you are done. You are defeated. Lack is broken today. Not enough is broken in my life today. Just enough to get by is defeated in my life today. I see it breaking off people all over the room. I see it breaking. You cannot be totally free of the orphan spirit until you feel provided for. You will never be totally free of the orphan spirit until you feel provided for. You will never under, truly understand the Father until you see that He likes to give good gifts to His children. He wants to begin to give you gifts only a rich dad could give. Things, things, things that don't even meet your needs. Things that come just because they're beautiful. Oh! Extravagance destroys the orphan spirit. Gifts, gifts only a rich dad could give. Experiences that no one in the world could make happen for you. Only the favor of God could cause you to be in the right place at the right time to experience beautiful and wonderful things just because they're beautiful and just because they're wonderful. The best, the best, the best of things begin to come to you and not the cheapest of things. Because the cheapest of things suck. <laughs> A mindset that begins to come on you that when you need something, you'll wait for it if you have to to be able to buy the best of it so you don't have to buy it a hundred times. No matter if you're poor, you'll wait on it and save your pennies until you can buy the best of something. I break the spirit of the everything's a dollar store off of you.
well, I'll just run in there and spend $10 and buy 10 things so that I feel satisfied that I was able to go do something for myself like that. I break that off of every person in this room. Don't leave just yet. We're going to pray for everyone in a minute. 